It stands for uh, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Okay. So those five things hmm. are kind of what we, we've all talked about that. But like having those outlined, there's, I guess, a lot of stats that show, I guess there's 90%, 90% of the time, people with smart goals are able to hit them um, versus other types of goal setting techniques because of the the five characteristics that they're they're asking for. All right, is that enough? Right, is that enough shaking? All right, first question. Are you guys do you guys lick the top of a protein shake? Do you guys lick the tab? Yeah. Yeah, actually. actually yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, good. Definitely. Otherwise, I'm, it I want a tab liquor too. Yeah, I agreed. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. Mm. Fucking heaven. Oh, that mm. is so good. Isn't that? Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. I feel like I'm tasting I'm, I'm mm-hmm. drinking a cinnamon roll. Yeah. Drinking one. Yeah. It, it tastes like you're cheating. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. It's incredible. Thoughts? The Nutter Butter Blast is a little bit protein powdery. Is it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Like you taste the protein powder? Like or it, yeah. Or like you can tell it's protein is powder. Is it? Wait. Is you can it? tell it's protein powder. You know, it's, 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 you can tell what they're trying to do with the flavor, but it's a little bit chalky maybe. Mm. Mm. Chalky. Do you like the milk part of it? I, I don't know how to... Because the milk I makes it really the thick. That's the thing. Raw milk, by the way. We're trying out. This is—is is this your first time trying raw milk, Alex? Yes. Yeah. And you've had it the other day for the first time. Yeah. But so you didn't think the same. We're, we're trying out BPNs. Um, we have the cinnamon roll protein, and we have the nutter butter protein. Nutter butter. Did you blast. like the cinnamon roll? I Better? love the cinnamon roll. So good. The cinnamon roll is really good. Yeah. Are you doing a consistent milk to protein ratio? For or, so. Or are you just? Are if, you just? So yeah, with with it in there. these, they're about twelve, thirteen ounces, and I do three fourths scoop of protein. But if you mm. do, if I do a sixteen, I usually do a full, hmm. one full. Sometimes then I'll go twenty ounces. I'll do uh, two scoops, hmm. depending on the day, what I did, and how much protein I think I'm getting from my food. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Logical. Yeah. Well, this is also like a dessert now. I like know. To me, so this is this it is, is perfect. Is this would satisfy. It was great because the other night. Um, I, so I started tracking my protein and my macros this month again, Celine's doing it, fell off for a week or two and then I'm trying to get back on it and I realized I wasn't hitting my protein goal. So I got to have one of these at what, night. Again, what do you, night. um, what do you use in my fitness pal? Yep. Do you have the pro, the pro version or no, free? I have the, the free version, but still with it, the free version, my fitness pal links to Apple health, which right. links to whoop. So now every time I do my journal on whoop every day, it has my macros and it knows my macros. That's pretty good. Which is dope because they have the new AI thing. So I feel like after a month or two, like it can pick up on trends, what I'm doing, how my body's performing with macros and yeah. So how many grams of protein are you shooting for? One, I'm trying to do a gram per body weight, which is around 165 ish right now. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm. So let's go back to this raw milk thing. So what, what, why are you so obsessed with raw milk? So (laughs) that's a great question. (laughs) Cause it tastes good by the way. I'm not like, it's so good. I grew so I grew up in the Midwest. I drank a ton of milk. My whole family did. I was just it was 
either two percent or skim. I even drank skim growing up. All pasteurized though, never raw. Never raw, no, because it's hard to get. Um, but I, I, I've been seeing. I saw a lot of things on or with runners, like endurance runners, and how they wouldn't drink milk, but they were talking about the nutrients with raw milk. As a milk lover, I was curious, right? I'm like, what's going on here? And so my parents actually get raw milk in Illinois. Hmm. And so I tried it when I was home for Thanksgiving and then Christmas and had a protein shake with, with BPN protein powder. And I was like, oh my God. And, and so there's, so it's naturally different. thicker, naturally right. thicker. So on, so I'm actually, I'm on the website, Milky, Milky Way Farm. This is where the, um, the raw milk I get is from South Carolina. It's from South Carolina. Yeah. 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 So, and do you have to go down to South Carolina to get it just because that's the closest local one or are there regulations around it in North Carolina? That So it's technically illegal in North Carolina, but you can, you can't sell it commercially, but you can sell it like, um, like farmer's markets. Yeah, or sure. You can sell it in, in North Carolina too. Or? Yeah. North, there's one spot in around here and that, okay. it's like 45 minutes East of here. Mm-hmm. But I go down to Fort Mill, South Carolina, Shout out the peach stand off of exit 85 um, mm. in Fort Mill. It's right across from like all the Kingsley. Um, I don't know if you guys have been there, but there's a mm-hmm. ton of like restaurants and stuff that's brand new. And then across the street, there's a gas station on the corner. But it's it's hooked onto a gas station, but it's a little mart. Like they have a really good bakery or not bakery. They do have a bakery in there, but they have a butcher shop. And then they have like these really nice olive oils. And they have like I get ground steak from there, too. Um, but this is where I get my raw milk. Yeah. Okay. And so they have a QR code on the gallon. And so <laughs> I was curious. I'm reading through it and <clears throat> learned a lot about like the cows, the kind of protein that's in there um, and everything. So if you want to know a little bit about it. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would I, what, what's, what's pasteurized or something? Like, I don't understand why, why raw milk is such a big deal so, I guess versus pasteurizing why there's like all these restrictions around it okay so this is called a2 milk okay this is a2 research here so i'll read this you may have heard about the a2 milk and wondered what makes it unique all cow's milk is composed of two proteins beta casein and whey the beta casein protein comes from two forms a1 and a2 a2 milk has only a2 beta casein protein which makes it easier for humans to digest in fact, many people who are lactose intolerant are able to drink all A2 milk with no issues. And whenever I read this, I knew it was true because my dad can't handle any dairy anymore, hmm. but he can handle raw milk completely fine, hmm. which is wild. Um, so um, there are more, there's more to A2 story. Originally, all, so all cows produce A2 milk, but over time, a genetic mutation occurred in high-producing breeds, particularly the Holstein, the black and white cows, resulting in an A1 variation. So because of genetic mutations and everything, it slightly differed. Um, it changed the beta, case pr- the beta casein protein. During digestion, A1 variant releases an opioid protein fragment called beta casomorphin. Because this, it acts on the opiate, it slows down digestion, making milk more difficult to process, in some cases causing inflammatory responses to the body. A2 milk does not produce this fragment instead a2 milk produces the amino acid proline now, i don't understand the whole yeah you know, okay break down there was... but but through genetic or you know through modification and stuff there have been there's obviously issues that come up whenever milk is produced a certain way and can 
cause people to be lactose intolerant. Got it. So, so, so really A2 is the OG. That's what Correct. cow's milk was. Things have changed over time. And then I'm guessing pasteurization adds some element of shelf life yes. and things like this that to it. it, which it uh, retains all of milk's natural ingredients, fats, vitamins, proteins, and purity, <clears throat> including it has 20% more calcium and 20% more protein than pasteurized milk. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I looked up while you, while you were talking there, Ryan, what happens to milk when it's pasteurized or how does that process work? Mm-hmm. And the process of pasteurizing milk is undergoing a heating process, which they say serves two purposes. One, like Alex said, um, extending the shelf life, which mm-hmm. you can obviously see would be good for yep. producers of commercial purposes of milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then also helping kill harmful bacteria. I know, I think the couple that I saw were E. coli and... Hmm. Um, so is that the I'll, risk I'll with potentially <clears throat> raw milk is that, there and that, be that's i think that's why you, you've always been that's the thing, at least though. that's the the wives tale behind it or something that's or the what, wives tale behind it but ev- so this is the other thing i listened to a podcast about this about the biggest raw dairy farmer in the country and he was being interviewed by paul saladino who's a medical doctor um he's big on the carnivore diet but he didn't know that raw milk was like good and he honestly thinks that it's a healing like it'll help you heal anyway. So anyway, he was talking, there are so many, because it's raw and not a lot of people get it. Not a lot of people sell it. There's so many different regulations they have to abide by. Mm. So many purity tests, they test everything that they sell. So like, there's no way they're going to send anything out with E. coli or anything. It's just something. They so who's put. regulating them though? Cause they're just selling at the farmer's market. The it's state. Not- I think it's a state. I don't. He was talking about like. I, I've always wondered how farmers markets work because like, right, do they have right. to have the same level of, you know, FDA approval? Because probably not. All right. I mean, I don't know what kind of approval. Yeah, I, I bet you know. farmers market has some exception to some of these things, but, um, but yeah, I don't know that. It, it's it's one of those things that's interesting. I bet you if something happened to some milk producer way back, and then all of a sudden regulation got involved and. Kind of, it hasn't been looked back. Like it's tough to take away those regulations sometimes, and right. people don't spend their time on that, right? So right. it's like, but uh, but dude, I, I mean, it tastes great. Mm. I I'm with you. Like production has gotten so good. Like I um, I used to have raw eggs for breakfast. Oh wow! So like everyone's like, don't do that. But I turned out fine. Yeah. I'm a little messed up, but no, I'm just kidding. There's but, <laughs> there's that's that's interesting. I've never tried that. I'm so yeah, right. well, you're just throwing a smoothie, that. right? I mean, oh, yeah. instead of whey protein, you could just do like I remember our family did something called like a whammy. So it was like um, just chocolate syrup, milk, vitamin D, or like the the whole milk, I should say, mm-hmm. um, chocolate sauce, and banana and an egg oh, or wow. two mm, if you're really that feeling great. it. Dude, you can't even taste. You can't even really taste the egg. Yeah. It's just for natural protein, but. Wow. Uh, but like, yeah, I never got sick or anything. So it's like egg whites or yolk too. Oh, too. Everything. Wow. Just crack the whole thing in there. Just yeah. Begging for salmonella. Well, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like we're in America, like, I, I don't as long so. as you get your eggs and they're a decent quality. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, I, 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 like yeah. I wouldn't do it in a lot of, you know, everywhere, but I'm pretty, you know, I don't know. Taking our chances. And if it's from E. coli from that, whatever. We're good. So here's my completely unfounded theory okay. with this, Ryan. I think big milk. Whoever the hell is funding those Got Milk commercials? Dude, I'm with you. Because it's not it's not any milk brand in particular that it would always fund those, right? It's just Got Milk. Maybe it's the government. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. All right. What, I don't know if they're making the commercials or not, but Big Milk, we're going to call them, is incentivized to push this agenda that raw milk is bad 
because they want to be able to get as much scale with their milk business as possible. And in order to have that scale and actually ship and distribute it to all these local markets, they need to increase the shelf life. So if they want you to not buy from your local milk person and instead allow them to capitalize by taking all of the all of the share here, mm-hmm. they need to make you think that local milk is bad for you. Which I completely agree with you, which is crazy. Because if you just look at it from a basic standpoint, they're pretty much saying, hey, drink processed milk. Don't drink real milk, which is crazy. Because people talk about how bad processed, processed foods are it, and stuff. And they fortify it with vitamin D. Like, why do they do that? Yeah, why I do I need know. to get vitamin D for my know. milk? I don't know. That's weird. It's a good question. Alex, yeah, tell uh, us. Actually, I don't know. But Solve I think I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with you guys. Like, I think... The Got Milk campaign, which is interesting. We haven't seen that in a while. But Got Milk has always been like, you know, everyone says it makes stronger bones, right? That's right. why the vitamin D is added to it. And that's just kind of a marketing scheme. Um, and it, there's some truth to it, too. But, like, not everyone can get raw whole milk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not. I know. There's a, there's it, a, a website of, I had to go to. And I'm like, holy shit, I got to drive 30 minutes for it. Yeah, that's I what mean, I did today. It's yeah. just like dilute. It's just dilution of things, right? Like, right. you dilute milk so you have more to sell, right? So, I think it's just the nat- nature of they pushed this campaign of milk because they thought it was mm-hmm. healthy at the time. And I'm not saying it's not, but that's why there's more processed milk out there. I think that's kind of the majority of it. Right. Hmm. So that's why, and you know, actually there was a, there's, there's a show on Netflix. I think that was talking about processed foods and stuff, which we should talk about maybe one of our future podcasts when we talk about processed foods and stuff, which we're talking about, but yeah, it was, it was basically just saying that's what the got milk campaign pushed milk. We didn't have enough cows. Now a ton of cows come out. Now they wow. edit the milk so that they have more of it to meet demand and things like that. So classic, classic business example, right? Of just meeting to, you know, supply and demand. Got Milk advertising campaign was initially funded and sponsored by the California Milk Processor Board, mm. uh, and then eventually the slogan became adopted by other. Pretty, pretty wild marketing campaign. Yeah, just that looking is. back, just you know, everyone has a milk mustache. Like, oh it's just, yeah, it's that all your great. heroes and your sports here. You know, yeah, sports I mean, icons. Yeah, yeah. Stop so. big milk and got milk. Period. Stop big milk. Stop, Stop big, big milk. milk. You know what, Ryan? I was skeptical, but now I'm on board. Let's go. Wow. Okay. Let's go. I well, don't think I'm going to drive to South Carolina to get. You know what I'm not on board with though? The bottle, the stickers on your bottle. I'm not really? on board with that. Yeah, dude. I know. You turned I, into it's kind one of, of them. I. F- I loved it at first, and then I was like, "Is it too much?" And I don't know. So I, I knew I needed a new water bottle. I had a ton of stickers, and I'm like, do I just want to be what, the guy that puts stickers on a water bottle? Yeah, what do you do with these stickers that all these people give? They, they, stickers they are cool. They tell a story. They that's, tell a story. That's a good point. That's a good I, point, I think I'm taking Ryan's side here. Alex, what, what issue do you have with, with Ryan decorating? Well, okay, Ryan got like this United's Yeti canteen. Probably costs mm-hmm. 50 bucks, and you're putting these stickers on that are going to age quickly. They I've had an old bottle, and I still have it. It's like an old Nalgene. Yeah. Stickers are disgusting. Like if they weren't on it, it would be totally fine. There's no need for to, to label someone else's brand on your bottle. So you're it's saying like, you're, it's a nice piece you're of equipment. reducing the value of the bottle by putting these stickers. Yeah, with on it. besides just that rant, yes, I would say. Well, I still just, get the same it, it, value it just, out of it by using it. Well, you, you do know? get the same value, but it's it's, it's, it's a nice piece good. of construction, and we're covering it up. But it's but think about this. Who, who cares? It's think yours. about this. Um, I feel like a lot of people have a black water bottle or th- mm-hmm. like this is a more becoming more of a popular water bottle, but this will not be mistaken in a weight room. Like I, that's how I lost my last one. Mm. Lost in a weight room. Maybe thought one, someone thought it was theirs, but you can't mistake this one. You know, this is, this is me on it. Okay. All right. I, I, I will actually give you a little bit of, uh, 
here though, Ryan. Hit me with it. I do see at least three Spartan Race stickers on here, <coughs> which I I you know, do you, not. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because you've done three Spartan. No, races. they represent t- three different races. Yeah, the trifecta. Okay, well, the red one is for the sprint, Spartan Sprint, the five k. The blue one is the Spartan Beast, the ten k. No, uh, super. Sorry, blue is super. Thank you, Celine. And the green is the Spartan Beast. See, which is, see, uh, see, Dom, this is why you gotta love. This, you're gonna support so this. this. He's gonna talk about all his races. We he did ran. the trifecta last year, so this is the trifecta of Spartan. And they're all on top, you know. And see, that's why the sticker bottles are annoying because you have to ask everyone about it, and they're wondering, what, you know, it's gonna go okay. on. Like, I'm yeah. such an athlete. I run three Spartans. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. I I will defend to the death, Ryan. You're right to put your stickers. Thank you. On your water bottle. Uh, I do think in this particular case, though, your stickers uh, make you look like a, a Spartan race hardo. That's okay. Ooh, Thank you. See? Well, have you ever have see? you ever wondered if that's, like, if that's if the image something you want to is you, yourself, Ryan. and then you try it out, and you're like, oh, hey, be like, it is me, or it's not me. Like it was something that I've been thinking about. Now I had the opportunity to do it, so. No, I'm just I'm just messing messing with you. I, I think know. it's funny. Like it's just I always get these stickers and things. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this stuff? I know, and but they're cool. Eventually, stickers. you run out like, of water bottles. Like there's so many stickers out right. there. It's just like overwhelming. Like, what else do you put a sticker on? Well, so I used to. Oh, you know what I used to do? What I used to put it on my filing cabinet in like <laughs> high school and uh, middle school or whatever. On your locker? No, 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 not my locker. Like my literally my filing cabinet. Like, like did you? I have a filing cabinet as at a home. Kid, yeah. Well, that, that explains a lot about Alex. <laughs> what kind of we unpack documents yeah. did you have that you were putting in there? Dude, you got a tax, like your tax forms, your... You were a child. You are a child. Dude, like you're not anything, paying taxes. your college apps. Did you like, have an LLC? I, what were you? I feel like Alex was one of those kids <laughs> I, that like audited his, his parents' tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> I've always and, done my taxes since a young age. My parents were like, "That's yeah, I do it. So maybe that's why I'm an accountant. Alex, Alex had all of his Christmas presents and if his sister had his Christmas it. presents. And he was like, <laughs> I don't think that the... Uh, the costs for hers and mine add up and <laughs> maybe yeah I don't know but it, dude it's been very useful um, oh you know what another good thing product manuals I didn't know where to put all my product manuals when you get like a new Xbox or something mm. filing cabinet great spot you know where else you, you know? put them in the garbage trash <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, that's what I should have done well that's it that's actually because like usually you put the manual with the box but then you throw away the box and then the manual goes with it having a manual drawer not a bad idea. No, 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 no. I'm on, all, no, I think I'm, I'm all on of the manuals are now online. It's wonderful. Uh, Dom's right. Oh, Dom's right. Don't, right. You always Those think one day. Terrible. You think one day. Oh, I might need to go in this and like look up something. I've never had to do that. It's just yeah. it's just garbage. So it's, yeah. it's fire kindling. Fire. Kindling. That's actually a good use for it. Yeah. 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 So okay. that probably is the best better than way. better than throwing in the trash. Yeah, yeah, so right. anyway. or you could recycle it, I guess. Did you have a sticker? Another item you put stickers on? Did you put like a bumper sticker on a car, or stickers um, on a car? Is um, another good one? I I, I didn't. Uh, I've done stickers on the back uh, windshield. Mm. Mm. Like inside or, or outside? Uh, both, just depending on what this what the sticker. I, see, I didn't was. get why people put like bumper stickers right on their car. Like that's just so cringe to me. You can't get them off. I know. Like, what? What? Why are you sticking a little sticky thing on your like expensive and, piece of equipment? Well, and usually expensive cars don't have them. Well, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good, that's point. good point. And like, I don't know, but like, 
someone I, I kind of judge people with too many stickers on the back of their car. You know, it's like well, those people want to be judged. Let's be quite honest. That's a good when point. you have the, stickers on there saying certain things, they don't like want to. They don't want to be person. judged. They're judging you. They want to yeah. force their ooh. They want to force their opinions onto every other driver. Yeah, right. On the roadway. Like, if I see another coexist sticker, like, oh, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of those. Like, yeah, a there are a lot of, of those. And those have been around for a while. Too. I already know what kind of person I'm interacting with if I ever have to talk with that person. Let's be honest. People with bump, too many bumper stickers shouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> they have yeah, to actually, way too many opinions. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they should. Maybe that's oh maybe they, they should get on the mic and get those feelings out. Oh. But. I don't know, what's your take on, like, you know, like, the political ones that people, like, whenever we're coming to a presidential election yeah. coming up, like, what's your take on that? You know what I don't like about that is when people still have the sticker on their car, like, eight years later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it would be, like, Bush Cheney from 04 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what year are we in? <laughs> Ron, I wonder if anyone's still got a, a John Tyler 1812 sticker floating around. <laughs> Let's let's have uh, Ryan break it down for us. So I came across this on Instagram. I hope it's true. I think it is. John Tyler, America's tenth president, was born in 1970. He's a, no, he no. has no no. Seventeen. Oh shit! I just yeah, I messed that up. He was born in 1790. He has a living grandson. Yes, a grandson. John Tyler's son, Lion Gardner Tyler Senior, was born in August 1853. And when the former president was 63 years old, then his son, Harrison Rufin Tyler, was born in November 1928 when his father was 75 years young. So he had a kid when he was 63. And then his son had a kid when he was 75. Oh, okay. okay. Wild. And then, and then that child is still alive today. That child is still alive today. Can we do some today. math here? So 75, born in 70, 75. So wow. <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys. Okay, this so we, we, all right, all right, we 20, cannot do the math. <laughs> we cannot do the math. He's he's 49. No, dude. No, 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 no. He he. You said he was born in like the 50s. All right. So he's like 70 something. All right. Now. Step aside. So it's time right. for him to no, have no, a no. Step aside. You're right. So 1790 is our start point. Oh, 1920. Jonathan Tyler oh, has his kid when he's 63. So 1853 at that point. That mm -hmm. child then has their kid. At seventy-five, so eighteen fifty-three plus nineteen twenties. Yeah. So what? Nineteen twenty-eight. Nineteen twenty-eight. Born eight. Okay. Yep. yep. Nineteen twenty-eight. Okay. And yeah, then that, that kid's then still alive. So, so th that kid's a little, a little under, a little under hundred. Yeah. Ninety-five. Yeah, Ninety-five. Nice hundred. Wow. I mean, huh? Stud. I it guess. can happen. Swimmers. Talk about them. Wow. Speaking of swimmers, guess where I was this weekend. Uh, um, in Boston, and, oh, okay. and, and why right. I bring this up, Alex? Like, you're gonna have to. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't this. know where you were going. There. You've had some good transitions in our <laughs> yeah. pods tenure, but that one was probably this not one's, the best. But you'll that, see that why. one's the funniest one. You'll you've see done. where it comes, comes together. Great. Paul Revere has a house. Well, he was, you know, you know the story of Paul Revere, right? Yeah, yeah. British a, coming, the British. Yeah, coming. he's a pussy. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Well. I'll you say talk it after. About talk about talk about your story, and I'll mention how. So when I was touring his house, um, which is very nice, by the way, in in, in uh, Paul Revere's house, that little Paul green Revere's one, house. yeah, Paul it's Revere's off house. that like uh, uh, brick road, North End, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the Freedom Trail, yeah. Um, I learned that he had um, with his first wife, he had eight children. Hmm. Oh, her, but she died during birth of the eighth child. So okay, sad. Then he finds another woman to court. 
and has another eight children with that woman. Oh my God. So this dude has 16 kids. What? Yeah. Wow. Anyway. It's like Nick Cannon. We talk about Paul Revere all the time, but like shout out to like the women who like birthed all these child because like Hero. one died too and he's just like no mercy. I'm going to keep going with, with another woman. <laughs> you know why he's a pussy though, right? Why? Because, all right, all right. Do they cover guy, this in National Treasure? Family Guy makes fun of this, too. Think about this. <laughs> okay. Think about this. This is, all right, Paul well, we Revere. are in the casual half, right? So, yeah. Paul Revere. Uh, we, we, They're seeing the family British Family Guy is a perfectly acceptable source to cite. <laughs> exactly. So. Well, no, they, they make fun of it, which is, it's, I mean, It is it's brilliant. Valid. I know what it Think is. Think about this. Okay. Paul Revere, standing there with his boys, you know, looking out. The British are coming. They're like, fuck, we got to fight. And he's like, someone's got to go tell people. And he's the one that leaves and goes and tells people and doesn't stick around with his boys in the yeah. militia. Yeah, they were like, they're we, like, oh, no, we, they're coming. And he's like, I'll go tell everyone. Yeah. Me, I got yeah, yeah. I got a no birth. Everyone stay here. I'm going to go do it. So he like <laughs> runs away. And that yeah. was, but now he's a hero. He's the he one like, that ran away. But we treasure him because he told everyone. All right. Do we think maybe, though, that he's the quickest horse rider? I, I think it's I the horse. Know. I don't think, I think no can. one attributes him to his horse riding skills. It's just his warning. Someone's got to be able to ride faster than everybody else. And that's who I want. Telling it. <laughs> so there's the you know the saying don't kill the messenger, but when are we praising the messenger? Why are we praising him? He's just mm. bringing the message because well, he alerts everybody. If he would so if he would have stayed there and fought, everyone would have died, including him. But like, and then no one would have known, and we would have well, like well, technically, technically anyone someone has done to it, do it. probably. Someone I think anyone could have done it. So that. you're saying instead of Paul Revere's ride, we should be celebrating the the front lines. Yeah, the the, front the, line the, stand. the that those first men who um who stood there ready to fight. Yeah. Not to go too far into this, but like that must be the scariest thing ever. Being oh. the first person yeah. on in a war, like going up and taking the the brunt of the first hit. You know like, you're gonna die. Like I'm surprised more guys are in you know in movies. It's always 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 like charge, but I bet you in real life it's like charge. And then like everyone's kind of like slowly like staying back a little bit, <laughs> like not wanting to be the first one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it yeah. would be now. It would be now if you could. Wow. Right, and everyone's yeah. just like pushing yeah. each other, like, "Oh no, you go!" No, you. Well, I mean, <sighs> think about in today's world where you actually kind of stand a chance versus medieval times. Like, there's no way anyone on that front line is making it. Yeah, you I know. know. Yeah, it's a guarantee you're down, and you're you might die. get one person, or you're gonna get got immediately. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Because yeah. like, even if you get one guy, there's a dude right there gonna get you. Like, you're done. Dude, think about think not not just that. Think about D Day. The boats coming in on shore, the back of the boat, the gate dropping, and you're the first person right yeah, there. Dude. <laughs> Taking bullets, all adrenaline. Taking bullets. Yeah. yeah. Braver braver men than I. Yeah, absolutely. But you should be talking I mean, about kids, all those really, guys. Honestly, those are the guys. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Paul Revere could never. <laughs> Yeah, Paul Revere's like, I'll, I'll drive the boat. You guys get out. Yeah, because I gotta go get sixteen kids. Yeah. By the yeah, way, yeah. speaking of people still living, one of it, um, I, I asked like one of the tour guides, like, oh, like, does he have like family living around here still? And she's like, oh yeah, like another Paul Revere, I guess the name goes down or something. Like comes over all the time, like with his family, and no walks way. through the house that is named after like his family ancestors. So pretty, pretty interesting. Like those people are around us still. I'm gonna look him up on LinkedIn. Yeah, whatever he does. <laughs> what's, he, what's he doing? <laughs> Warning, uh, the United States of all you know fronts versus China and Russia or something. I don't know. Do you think it'd be cool to be a descendant of someone famous like that? Or do you think it would kind of suck? Because you're known for like well, your great, 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 it, it, it all depends on what they 
did. Why well, famous? something famous that's positive. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. But you're always kind of in the shadow, though, you know? You're always in the shadow. I mean, it depends on how far removed you are, too. Yeah. If you're the sun, you know, then there's a lot of pressure. Like, there's got to be a lot of pressure on Charlie Woods, you know? Yeah. But if a great, well-respected president or war leader was, like, your great-great-grandfather or something, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be kind of dope. Yeah, I think you'd, you'd have to... The good thing is that you'd have a lot of resources, likely. So you'd probably have connections that people don't have. So as long as you use it for good and try to like make a name for yourself too. So like, let's say, let's just hypothetically say as Paul Revere guy or the Revere family, maybe they're helping like keep, you know, history alive. And like, maybe they're giving tours or they're like, that would be, you know, you, I would feel obligated to do that. So if, if that was the case mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it, then I would totally be okay with it. But you know what I mean? Like I would want to earn my name for myself, mm. even though it's Wait, my you're name. earning your name by giving tours to your of your. Well, yeah, house. I guess I guess it's tough to tough to compare the two, but you know what I mean. Like, I hear you. You got to earn it on your own. Yeah. So by the way, happy New Year's! First pot of the new year, right? Hey. It's been a while, but happy um, New Year's. Se- second, twenty twenty four. I was, I was. Uh, no, that that was on the recorded. Deal. That was before the year. We recorded on bef- New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. That's right. Oh. Yeah. First, oh, wow. Yeah. So we had, it took a little bit of a hiatus. Year, right? We posted it after. We did. We did. Yeah. First yeah. recorded yeah. pod of 2024. Yeah. So Our pod has now spanned two separate years. Calendar years. Established 2022. 2023. 2023. 2023. 2023. <laughs> but Whoopsie. Yeah. Nice. too much credit. But anyway, we're yeah. in 2024 now. And uh, do you guys, you know, obviously everyone talks about New Year's resolutions. You guys got... Any New Year's resolutions or what's what's the difference between a resolution and a goal? Is it the same thing? Uh, I, yeah, I would say I would there? say yes. I would. Mm, that's a good question. A resolution to me feels like I'm going to I'm resolving to like change something about myself. It sounds more profound. Like I'm I'm shifting my way of life. Right. But whereas it, a goal but, could but, be. But isn't the only way to measure it if it if it's a goal? Right. I would think it has to be a goal because. You have to have a goal to complete a resolution or to make sure you execute your resolution. Hmm. You set goals based off of your resolution? Perhaps. Well, I think here's a good question then. So how do you how do you set a resolution? How do you how do you set up one? Like how do you decide what resolution to do? Personally? Yeah. 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 Or or professionally, whatever. Um I guess I should say what what are you looking to do in, in generic open-ended like resolutions? Are you looking to accomplish something? Are you looking to change something about yourself? Are you looking to improve something? And I think it, it, that, could, be a, it could be a combination of any of those. I think they would all fit within a, a New Year's resolution or a, a goal. Okay. Uh, a lot of different avenues together. Either either adding something to your life that you feel would be beneficial or, or you know, taking something away that is hindering you mm. generally. I don't know. Maybe people set goals to do worse, but I, th- I think. That oh, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess what were some of the? Um, so I mean, I guess think about your guys's personal goals and stuff. So like, how how are you? How do you find the best way to set them? Like, write it down, or do you just mentally say it to yourself? Or is there any any tactics that you do to put these into play? Oh, that's a good question. I I don't think that I have strongly adopted any 
tactic. I think I've probably tried multiple things throughout, you know, the course of the last 10 years when I've probably focused a little bit more on thinking about what I want to improve over the short or long term of that year. Um, but I, I certainly don't have a habit where I'm going to, I'm going to write this down or I'm going to, you know, post my goals online or I'm going to, you know, maybe put them on a sticky note on my mirror or, or anything like that. I mm, think, yeah. I think it all kind of generates just, just in my mind and whether or not I take it any further than that is, is pretty variable. What about you, Ren? Yeah, I, I should be better at writing it down. I don't, I have some goals and I have, I'd say intermediate and smaller goals in order to help me get to my big goals um, on some specific, in some specific things in my life. I haven't written them down, but like I think about them a lot. Like for example, don't mean to relay this back to like running, but like I have a running goal. And so I'm wondering, okay, how do I, what, what's my, what's my overall goal? I want to finish in this many hours. Okay. If I finish in this many hours, let's break that down. What does my pace per hour need to be? Okay. How do I sustain that? Okay. I need to do this in training. I also need to sustain energy. How do I do that? By consuming calories. What calories do I need to consume? So I've been like slowly breaking it down to like per hour, per 45 minutes, per feeling of pace, per heartbeat. Like those are the little things I'm paying attention to that I know will help me get to my big goal. So I guess I really haven't written them down, but I've been thinking through them. But maybe they get even better if I wrote them down. I don't know. Yeah, I think actually that's you bring up two good points there. You bring up kind of the size of the goal and right. then like the specifics of it and like making it like kind of a measurable, you know. So I guess let me, let's start with like the size of the goal. Like how do you think about a small goal versus a medium goal versus a large goal? Um, like what are the maybe what's, what's an example of a small, medium and large, it doesn't have to be our own, but like in general, what is a large goal versus a small goal? Well, um, I, in my mind, I picture it as like a pyramid. Like there's one big goal. So I, I guess I also think people set too many goals and they overwhelm themselves. Mm -hmm. But I also think you can either set too many or you can set too few. You can set one big goal and you don't have little steps to get there. You get daunted and then you stop pursuing your goal. Hmm. I believe a lot of people do that. I did. I've done that. Um, but I think like the way that I think if you have one big goal and you know, three main things that'll help you get there, two, three, four, whatever you think will help you get there. And then breaking those down into their own separate parts, maybe two, a piece, maybe one, um, it can help you like daily things to do. Um, so kind of like you're saying, like my goal is to like, let's just say complete an ultra marathon. Uh -huh. And as part of that, my goal is to like track daily protein intake. Right. Or like run. Well, that's, that, that's a smaller one. I go, I, I, I want to complete an ultra marathon. So what do I need to do? I need to do it in this time. I need to, another goal would be eat to sustain calories to keep energy. And then I need to train correctly. Mm -hmm. So I take those three things and it's like, how do I train correctly? And I break that down into smaller things. Okay. How do I consume calories? Break that down into some certain mm -hmm. things. So are those actually goals then all those small things that you have within it? Well, yeah. Can you fail? I definitely can fail. Yes, absolutely. It is, is it measurable? Yes, are you saying absolutely. like in a day you you've you've taken your large overarching goal and you've broken it down very uh in a very detailed manner. Mm -hmm. 
So does does every single day of you kind of tracking this performance re- performance result in a pass fail? Because if so, then I think those are goals. If not, I think they're just a means to accomplish your goal. Well, it's a good question. I th- I think not every single one needs to be hit every day. But for a training perspective, when I'm building slowly, slowly building, I think it's crucial to be consistent. I think consistency is the biggest key there. Um, but I don't. I, I guess that's a good point. I don't know. I, I think I really like what you're saying, and I think this is where a big concept of goal setting, from what I've been reading and, and learning about, was. It's a changing behaviors is like the biggest challenge with like mm-hmm. New Year's resolutions and goals. And some of the hardest part is like, yeah, just staying dedicated to doing one thing versus relapsing into your prior behaviors, which might not, which might be not tracking food or not caring about what you eat or something like that. So, mm-hmm. but it's super, super hard. Um, and there's a lot of psychological aspects behind it, but that's why like some of these goals goal setting is like these large goals take a ton of motivation and behavior change, which is like a super challenging thing to get your brain to train around. But I think that's why something like what you're doing right now is like making it specific and measurable. Well, it makes like, the big goal attainable. Exactly. Yes. Right, 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 right. But because without, you can break it down yeah. in individual day-to-day yeah. steps that help you feel, and I think this is a big part of it, help you feel confident enough to that you are able to accomplish the big goal. Yeah. And I think also accomplishing all these small goals, you're hitting, you're getting dopamine hits. Yeah. um, Yeah. Which I think is important, but like you probably didn't even think about this when you're like setting up that goal, right? It was just kind of like a res, you know, maybe this resolution or goal we use interchangeably. You're saying this is my end goal and there's little goals in between actions I have to do to get to that final goal. Right. And I know Celine has a little, has a good question off of this. What do you want to ask? So today when I was running, I was listening to a podcast called Fast and Flow um, by a girl who runs in New York City. And she had this episode today that kind of struck out to me and is very uh, on brand with this conversation. But she did a whole podcast about episode being about is being addicted to success a good or a bad thing? And Mm. I thought it was really interesting. So, of course, she talks about in the beginning about, like, why goal setting is good. Like, you give yourself a sense of purpose. You work towards something. You achieve something. But then she talked about the cons. And, like, one of the biggest ones is that people are tying, you know, your self-worth to your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And that can be really hard because, you know, you have this big goal. You work towards it. You achieve it. And then the dopamine hit is gone. And next thing you know, you set a new goal, right? You're working on that goal. And like, you're never living in the moment. And she talked about like, you know, making sure that you enjoy the process because if you're just constantly wishing away your life to meet that end goal, then you're wishing away all this time. Like you got to enjoy every aspect of it and not tie just like, you know, your self-worth just accomplishing it. Cause like at the end of the day, once you accomplish it, like you forget about the goal immediately. You're on to your next goal. That's, a really good point. And I think it's funny. I remember taking one of those personality tests where it's like what motivates you and like achievement is a very popular one around like high, high achievers. And a lot of people like us here probably feel much better when we achieve things, but yeah, you're right. It kind of sets you in like a depressive mood if you're not achieving, but maybe that's what you need is continuous goal setting. And like that, maybe that's a good thing. That's what high achievers do. Right. Yeah. And if you think about just like a weekend, right. 
you come to a weekend you're like if I have all this to do to listen if I don't accomplish it this weekend like man I'm upset with myself right like I just failed all these goals Mm -hmm. and so she talked about having to like you know sit with the fact about like being okay with doing nothing and like not always tying yourself to accomplishing things because sometimes you know it does affect your self-worth and what you think of yourself whether you accomplish something or not that day yeah geez yeah i i think i agree with what you're saying celine about there being a, a positive and a negative side to it and i think i agree with kind of what she's coming around to in the end i definitely don't like the framing of how it's presented like is is goal setting unhealthy and i think too often we it's almost like clickbait with some of this stuff you're trying to say take something that people generally think is good and and flip it on its head and and brand it as being bad or 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 unhealthy i guess would be a popular tagline now um but so few things are all good or all bad i think just because there are negative aspects of goal setting it's kind of it feels kind of clickbaity to me to just say you know goal setting is unhealthy but i do think it opens up a very good discussion around what are the benefits of goal setting how can we see that change our lives for the better and then what are the you know associated risks or downsides that come with it and making sure that we're aware of those and that we can kind of plan uh accordingly and and plan around them and make sure that maybe we're setting healthy goals and giving ourselves rest but um yeah i don't know maybe it's hit a little bit of a vein with me just because i think people are are so quick to just sort of polarize things like oh uh you know this is bad or this is good or or you know raw milk is terrible for you now like we talked about earlier you know it it seems like people just want to label something as bad or good so easily and it really just depends on what you're going for i just want to clarify so she did half the episode on why it's so good Hmm. so she just played devil's advocate so i'm only bringing up the cons because i think everyone always talks about the pros and since it's a new year everyone's always talking about okay you gotta set goals and there's a lot of pressure to do that so i'm just bringing up the second half of the episode like she doesn't think that Hmm. goal setting is bad i'm sorry i just i was just bringing up devil's advocate since you guys are talking about all the all the pros yeah no i think that's fair um and while we're so i think kind of what you're saying too it's so one of the methods everyone's using right now is like called smart goals. Have you, do you guys like, have you heard of that before? It, it's a tagline that I recognize, but refresh. I learned about him the other day. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's, Chris told me about him. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. On the, on, on the run. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. So like it's, it stands for uh, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. Okay. So those five things hmm. are kind of what we, we've all talked about that, but like having those, outlined there's i guess a lot of stats that show i guess there's 90 percent 90 percent of the time people with smart goals are able to hit them um versus other types of goal setting techniques because of the the five characteristics that they're they're asking for and i think it's like the measurable is a big big part of it mm-hmm. um and obviously time bound but what are your guys thoughts on well, that that's a good point i think the more we're talking about this goal is extremely vague, like the idea of a goal. Hmm. And I think, well, anything can be abused, food, alcohol, like setting a goal. Like you said, dopamine hit, dopamine, dopamine hit. It makes it, whenever you frame it that way, it makes it sound not sustainable, but you can say set a sustainable goal, like a goal for sustainability. Like every day I want to have a process that I love 
I fall in love with and it makes me better at certain things. So it, it just depends how you use the goal. But the smart way, like you just said, is a I think it's a healthy way to look at a goal. I think it's a good way to yeah. in a way. I feel like probably a lot of credit that they're giving their ninety percent of smart goals or what what was it? You have a ninety percent better chance or Yeah, or yeah, improvements are found ninety percent of the time. So maybe that doesn't necessarily mean mm. It's, it's exactly hit. Like hitting it, but, but, but nine, they make progress. But it, it gives you direction. I, I think I'd give a lot of credit to that just by having any sort of framework that you're measuring your goal up against or that you're aligning your goal with. Because, I mean, I can certainly see how, you know, having a thinking through and having a, a clear answer for each one of those um, pieces of that acronym is going to leave you with, uh, one, a more clearly defined goal and probably a more clearly defined pathway to get there whereas a loose goal is um you know that you just kind of think up in your head and you don't really challenge and 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 beat up too much is probably a lot less likely to yield success so i think that's a a good framework i would argue that there's probably a lot of different frameworks too that would yield higher success than just a loose goal but Mm -hmm. i think i mean to me it it seems like they're capturing most everything that you would want to think through yeah absolutely well said I think corporate America is also really using smart goals, especially when it comes to hmm. setting goals at the beginning of the year and using that as to determine whether like you met your targets for bonuses. Is is that something you've seen? Celine, I've seen it like world? used as a guide when you're setting your goals for the new year hmm. in corporate America. So I'll see it in the, in the description, like think smart goals, right? So define them and, and, and then it's easier, you know, to be held accountable to them, which can be either a good or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah. And actually that's funny you bring it up. Like my company started to adopt this smart goals thing, but so why, I guess maybe changing topics a little bit. Like why do you think a lot of people make these new year's resolutions and these goals, but can't accomplish them? Like, uh, I think there's some stats here. It uh, looks like about 75% of the people in America said they're determined to, you know, set a personal goal to make themselves better, um, which keeps going up each year. But the percent of people doing that, like actually following through, are, is super low. Um, I'm trying to find the the good stat there. But why do you think it's so difficult for people to, like, I was these? just, I was going to ask you that. I, I was, I don't know. That's. <laughs> Do you I think, think it's because people like aren't that. following that? I can't. I that, can't. I, oh, go ahead, Celine. I feel like there's maybe several things. I think one, if you set too many goals, it can yeah. be really hard to, to do all of them because if they're all like, you know, do this and don't do this to abide by like quit turkey, you know, something, and then just put all these changes into your lifestyle in one month, it's going to be hard to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably smarter to do them like maybe one at a time or make them maybe a little bit less uh, specific kind of go the opposite way of the smart goal because sometimes I feel like if you're saying okay I need to drink you know two gallons of water a day let's say you <laughs> you for okay <laughs> one gallon of water a day okay <laughs> let's say on Thursday you only get half a gallon and then you're like well screw this I I didn't be I didn't achieve it one day now my whole goal is ruining just like let it go Right. So like sometimes when you, I think, set two specific goals like that and then the moment you break it, you just give up mm. altogether. Can, can we actually do an exercise? Can real quick I you might have had something more to say, Celine, but can we measure 
what you just said against that smart framework? Oh, like uh, so. Let, let's just yeah, say yeah, our yeah, goal yeah. is just I want to drink a gallon of water a day, right? That's yeah, what it that's is. Perfect. Yeah. So, okay. Let, let's so let's let's go one by one and see yeah, how sure. that compares. So, is it specific? It is specific. One gallon. One yes. gallon. One gallon is and then measurable. It is measurable. Yeah, measurable. it's in a volume. One gallon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exact measurement. Hold on. Let me pull it up. <laughs> oh, um, you know how this thre- memorized? The A, the A is the one that was that I'm always gonna, gets I'm, me. I'm going to tell you. Achievable, your achievable, definitely achievable, achievable. So yeah. that's an interesting so, one so because achievable, an entire day achievable is very. Um, it depends, right? So subjective. I would define achievable as a: Do you have a water bottle and access to water? So like, then you can measure it by. So like, mm. if you. Um, so you, if you like, you know that you can. You have a water bottle that you can fill up up to a gallon a day. Then yes, it's technically achievable. Okay. Well, I think if it means something to you, and you don't have a water bottle, you can just get a plastic gallon refill. Like there, you can make it achievable. But just you have to have so it in the moment. You're, you know? you're, you're just when you start the goal, you have to actually have the water bottle because if you start a goal, and you don't have it that same day, you're not going to achieve the goal. You're, you're Ryan. You. You're treating the word achievable as if it's binary. As if it's either a yes, it's achievable, or no, it's not. Well, I, I feel Which, like I feel like if you if you if it truly matters to you, you will find a way to make it achievable. You'll get yourself the resources you need. You will set yourself up. In this case, it's just a a, a gallon bucket or a gallon, a plastic gallon that you haven't used. Like it's extremely achievable to set yourself up for success. In this situation, I have such good points to go on this, but I'll, I'll let's complete this uh, exercise. Okay, yeah. What's what's next with R? Um, R is relevant. So that's basically exactly what Ryan was saying. Though, is is it relevant to my day to day? Is it that important to me? Yeah. Yeah, you have to be motivated enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I think I think A and R play into each other quite a bit because I I think I do not think of A as being. Um, binary like yes or no because i think there's if you say achievability is is yes or no like theoretically i should be able to run 500 miles or something in, in a month like people do it it's humans can achieve it thereby it is achievable but for me is it achievable it's a little bit more of a sliding scale it's something that i haven't done before and then it plays into that r as well relevant is it something that i actually want for my life so well, i think you have to weight those that's two together. the next thing well no i'm sorry time but time i think bound. sustainability that, yeah. like your goal like jumping into something like that's not sustainable that is something that you would need to work up to a drinking a gallon a day is definitely more sustainable than you know running a tremendous amount of distance that that takes time that you know that takes shoes takes money like there's so many more factors that go into that as of the one, the one gallon a day is extremely simple, extremely doable, and there's less barrier for entrance. And I'd honestly, you have a longer time to do it. Like, I think it's yeah. So they're two I, completely different examples. Yeah, you're 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 hitting the head on what a lot of neuroscientists the 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 keys for like changing a behavior, which is synonymous with setting a goal for a lot. Like, let's say drinking a gallon of water a day. Really, the behavior changes. Drinking, staying hydrated, drinking water all day is how difficult is it and how motivated are you? Mm, mm-hmm. So is it uh, a simple and routine task? If that's the case, it's way more, potent- there's a lot more potential for achievement because it's easier to do. But if you start getting to the more motivational side, but it doesn't take a lot of skill, which this might fall under, um, you have to have a lot of motivation and it has to be really relevant to you. 
in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if it's not, and it's just you're just making a goal, and it's like, yeah, I just should drink some more water, like whatever, like because my doctor says, like whatever, like right. then. And- you're not gonna you're not gonna achieve it unless you're like I have to drink this much water because I'm like gonna die if I don't. Right? And that's why the two play into each other. The higher relevance it has to you, the higher threshold there is for yeah. achievability. Yeah. So there, if it's not relevant for you, you're gonna have a very low threshold for what is achievable versus what is not. Can I can I throw in? That's, I completely agree. Can I throw in uh, another reason why I think people set goals but don't achieve them? Yeah. I think it has to do with external validation a lot of people Mm. love setting goals and say they want to do something but the amount of people that follow through with it and do something about it is much lower and i've heard huberman talk about this on his podcast when he talks about people who say they want to do something to someone let's say i tell you i I really want to do something you're like oh wow that's great you get a dopamine hit from the validation you already Mm. got and so you already got the satisfaction of wanting to do it and therefore, you don't go do it instead of so like, you know, when people say like, oh, You're, you should tell mm-hmm. someone about your goal. It'll make mm-hmm. you want to do it and they'll hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. He, he says the, it's the exact opposite. Don't tell anyone because if you get the validation for wanting to do it, you, you're probably not going to do it. That's interesting to say that. I got a stat here. A professor at Michigan State did an experiment about writing it down and telling a friend. And what are the they claim that there's actually it's not as stark as you would think. There's a 33% higher chance of, um, or sorry, there's a 10% higher chance of you accomplishing your goal if you write it down, which actually is really not that high. So, hmm. um, but they said that 76% of people who wrote it down, at least, pen and paper, pen and paper, pencil and paper, were able to accomplish it. So it seems less likely that telling a friend helps you achieve something, like you said, maybe mm-hmm. it actually could be hurtful, but writing it down and telling yourself, is way more productive. Mm. Mm. So I want to expand on Ryan's point a little bit. Yeah. Because I think that external validation is um, very important on which external party you're gathering the validation from. So I, I can imagine that it would be helpful in your goal to have an accountability partner, right? And to have someone you tell um, who is going to so, so you don't necessarily need to keep it completely to yourself. I think the dopamine hit we get from external validation is going to come mostly from whose validation we seek the most. So, Great point. for example, um, doing doing the the running challenge, right? Every time I do a run, it gets posted to Strava. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Celine just gave me kudos on one of the runs I did. Thank you, Celine. That that meant something to me. Um, I, I got a little bit of dopamine off of that. But the real external validation for me would be blasting it out to everybody I know. Like, wow, Dom just ran a bunch of miles. So it's like I, I see Strava as being the support group of people who are close to me, who are keeping me accountable. But I'm holding off on posting anything to a wider group because that's who I think I'm going to get the dopamine hit from. Mm, Although yeah. I do get I do get a dopamine hit from uh, from you guys as well because you're you're motivated. But, but I think it's a good so. point. Like people put it on their story, like after they do a run or something. Like it, Ryan does this. Yeah. Ryan does it. Do like it after a brand. long run, do it for the brand. Hey, you know? dude, I, yeah. I'm not yeah. knocking I, it. I think it's, I think I can put it pretty simply. Don't tell the people who you really want to until you've done it. 
Yeah. Mm. Figure out who you really want to know and don't tell them until you've done it. Yeah. Say I did it instead of I want to do. Yeah. It. And yeah. I think that solves yeah. the dopamine issue. Mm. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I think Strava is a great thing. I really do. I think just for a consistency basis and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But it also makes, I, I get a little, you, sometimes whenever you're on there, like when I was tapering for the marathon and I wasn't running that much and I see other people like ripping off like 10, 12 miles, I was like, you get kind of sad. You're like, oh. So that's, a, that's, a <laughs> of, like two. that's a little source of motivation, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah. so have you guys set a goal in the past that you've failed on? Like that something you said, I'm going to do this and it just didn't work out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what do you have an example you want to? Yeah, sure. Um, I have a pretty good one. Okay. So last year, well, uh, it, I'll, I'll go back to the kind of fitness challenges. So last year, January was, um, again, going to be on a hundred mile month and mm. I failed that one uh, about halfway through, but because I got injured. So I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't, you know, it wasn't, a, for I, a I, wasn't lack of I wasn't really, too, I wasn't really too down on myself about that, yeah. but then uh, subsequently I was like, wow, I was really motivated for this month to achieve this fitness goal. This is something that I want to do every month. Um, and so the next month, I think the goal was also fitness related, but it was maybe on planking or something like that. You had to plank for a certain number of minutes during the month. And I think this was the shortfall in that it didn't really meet, um, it didn't really meet the smart framework mm. that you talked about which one do you um, think it missed i think it was specific i had a certain number of minutes that i wanted to hit for planking i think it was measurable mm -hmm. measurable in time um the achievable the the t the t at the end i think is hit it it's, it has a set end goal you have to do it by the end of february mm -hmm. right so yep. those three it hits it's the achievable and the uh Just the relevance for me relevance mm -hmm. yeah um that i think i struggled with and the achievable I think it was too achievable. Yes. Whatever, yes. whatever the That's goal what was, was it yeah. was too achievable. It was, yes. it was too easy. I didn't really feel like I was getting a lot out of it. And so it caused me to fail that goal. So I think that goal was doomed from the start mm -hmm. from a goal setting perspective. It was, I think it was the, the yeah, too short because I kept pushing it off being like, Oh, it's five minutes. I can, I can do this I can later. Do that. Yeah. Later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. This and is the, the ideal I think for setting that goal in terms of achievability should be something that's just a little bit harder than you think you could do right now. So, for example, for the running, if I think right now I could run 80 miles in a month sustainably, if I set my goal at 100 miles, that means not only am I going to have to run that 80 miles, but I'm going to have to also get better throughout the course of the month, which is going to keep me motivated. It's going gonna, it's gonna to say this goal is achievable it's just over where i think i'm at right now but it's not so high that i don't stand a chance mm. yeah dude so this is this is so perfect because that is one of the biggest people fail a lot on their on their goals because it's not challenging enough sometimes it's too challenging right like if you're mm -hmm. trying to say i'm going to climb mount everest like that's that's a big that's a challenge right but it's something called the executive cognition um, or i should say executive function um, so basically it's saying if it's not hard enough that it makes you really think about it and it, it challenges your brain and you're interested and then it won't be relevant to you. So for example, uh, well, some more talking points behind this. So like this executive function in your head, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like a serial process. So the sense of 
effort that accompanies a, uh, an executive function is a signal that working on a difficult task like means you're losing on other opportunities. Mm-hmm. So if you're replacing other opportunities with this challenge, so for example, if planking was like so hard for you mm-hmm. that you weren't able to do other behaviors as a replacement, then you're more likely to focus on planking because it takes up more of your mental capacity and and just time like if i had to right. carve out an hour i would make it a priority but if i'm like oh i can do it in five minutes i can do it along with everything else like you're saying honestly yeah. that's a really yeah think about time but also your brain power it's the right. same thing no yeah it's like your brain only can handle so much at once so right. it needs it to be at the front of your brain versus kind of in the back like similar to time like it's like i would say it's like the same idea same concept yeah. what i'm hearing here is that good goals require some form of material sacrifice material meaning significant Hmm. um and if not they're too easy and you're going to struggle to hit them for that exact reason i feel like that's the purpose of a goal to get better at something you have to sacrifice something you're already doing it's pretty much what you said but but also here's the other thing now it has to be important to you like it has to be something deep down that you like so like, and the, and the more it is, the more easy it's going to be. So for example, like, um, let, let's say like, I don't really like running, but I run. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's say like, it's a chore to a lot of people. Sure. If your goal is to run a marathon, but you're not as interested in it, then it's obviously going to be harder to achieve those goals. Even if you dedicate the time and effort and it's relevant, you have to run a marathon, you've signed up for one, but if it's interest if you love running then it's also going to be more relevant to you obviously so and it's going to take less effort which makes it more likely to be achievable so Hmm. it's like you almost have to set goals that are also not out of the ordinary like let's say i don't know like i'm not a i'm not a good cook like like i'm okay at cooking but like let's say i just say like i'm not going to eat out at all this month Hmm. like every single meal i'm going to make using let's say raw ingredients like do I enjoy cooking? No, like not. I, I, I like it. It's kind of okay, but I'm making it so hard on myself because I don't really love cooking. Raw ingredients is really hard to do. Like no, you know, no, no if ands or buts. Just raw ingredients. So like that's setting yourself up for failure because you're. Sac- I feel like you're sacrificing too much. Right, there. and yeah. on a topic that doesn't really matter to me. Right, relevance. Relevance. It mm-hmm. all comes back to relevance. And in your same example, two people who sign up to do the marathon, the marathon in and of itself has an equal level of relevance for them. But the person who enjoys running also gets an added benefit of enjoying the activity they're doing throughout, meaning that their relevance factor is higher. And if we if we are saying that relevance and uh, achievability are uh, counter each other, then their achievability is naturally going to be well you said that they have the same easier. relevance so no no you put it if you put no, it, no. you said they have the same relevance That's i said the marathon running the marathon right. in and of itself okay has the same relevance they both need to complete that task of running the marathon so it's right well, are, so are you saying it's relevant 
to both of them? The like, person it, it, it carries the, relevance to both of them. It carries relevance to both of them. Their degree of relevance is not the same. Okay, okay. Because okay, okay. the person who enjoys it gets the added benefit of enjoying that activity. Right. So it is more relevant to them. And meaning gonna, that it yeah. is also more achievable. So they're, and they're more their likely threshold to achieve. for achievability right. is is lower. So they can, I thought they you can meant, hit or exceed it. More yes. so than the person who hates running, but also yeah. signed up for that same marathon. I thought you were saying they have the same relevance, and I was going to argue if they have the same relevance, then they should feel the same like accomplishment, and maybe one enjoys it more than the other. But if they get the same accomplishment out of it, then. But I didn't understand that part. Good yeah. So anyway, so those are just some psychological tips I was reading um, about, and you guys were too. But um, so, do you think like, do you guys have any goals you want to share with anyone? Or I actually don't really have much for this year um necessarily yet still trying to think about the right way to i got my my ultra in march ultra. so let, let's talk then ryan you have your ultra in march yep is the statement what is the goal associated with that so the goal associated like like my, my internal goal or like my goal for the race the goal for the race just just Overarching. We're, we're, we're going. Yeah. What is the goal? So we asked. We asked. What is your goal? You said I have the ultra. So like, what's your S? What's your specific? So what's it, like, it goes a little goal? deeper. It, it goes it, a little deeper it, than that. Is it just completing yeah. the ultra? Is it completing the ultra in a certain amount of time? Completion in a in a in a time, in a certain time that I think um, is doable, but also unknown to me because it's there's a lot of unknown with this since I haven't ran this far before, but. Based off of some things I've been seeing, I think I have a, I have a relevant, I have a time in mind that I would like to finish under. Yes. Okay. And you do not want to share it with us. Oh, I do. I do. Well, well originally. Yeah. Well, well, do you? Do you want? Do you want give, to, given our given our I do discussion here. Do oh, you no, still I want don't. to share it? No, you're correct. I do not. No, it's a higher percentage. I mean, you could. It's a higher percentage chance. No, but. Well, well if, according if he tells to us, well, I'm already doing it. If he, so tells there, us, so the, if he tells us the time, and I'm impressed by it. So the argument, so the got, argument is his dopamine. So the argument I messaged, I, I mentioned is, you know, I'm still going to do it. A lot of people, you know, if you mention it, you're not going to do it. I'm going to do hmm. it. So I'll, I'll walk through it. My original goal was to do it under 12 hours, 50 miles. Um, it's total and elevation up and down is 3,100 feet up, 3,100 down. So a lot of elevation change for. A decent elevation change, I guess, for that many miles. My original goal, so it was about 14 minute miles. So what I, I'm changing it though. I'm changing it to either 10 or under 10 and a half. I haven't decided yet. I think probably 10 and a half. And I say that because what I've been doing recently is we've been talking about zone two training a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Certain training in a certain heart rate. So what I've been doing is I've been going back on Strava. That's why I love Strava. And I've been looking at people who won ultra marathons and I look at their heart rate continuously throughout the rate because you can see per mile what their heart rate is hmm. and their time. Hmm. And so I've been looking at winners, people on podiums and how they manage their heart rate throughout. And something I did today was I was like, okay, I'm going to mimic and, and, and they're mostly zone two lone zone three, like one fifties to one. It'll spike if they're going way up to maybe one seventy two. But the majority of the time, they're between 150 and 160. And that's a very manageable pace, um, like for a heart rate. That, that's usually at a at a pace that you can't speak in paragraphs, but you can speak in sentences. Very sustainable if you fuel properly. 
So when I was looking at that, I was like, okay, like I'm going to run trails today and I'm going to run, I'm going to keep my heart rate within that time frame. I want to see what my time is. So I kept my heart rate within that time and my pace per mile was much lower than my original goal. It was around 11 and a half and 12. And I know that my elevation wasn't incredible today. There was, there was a lot of up and down. I need to compare it still. But at the same time, I think if I keep my heart rate at a sustainable level where I know people who have finished and done well in ultras, if I keep it in there, the time that I can finish is less than what I originally expected. So the goal is Does that to make complete, sense? the goal is to That's complete the race yes. in a time that you are happy with. And the time that you are happy with is a variable that's that's TBD moving, Correct. but it will yeah. be a time. It's fluctuating, but I'm, I'm pinpointing the base it of the goal yes. stays the same. And though. the achievability there is, is there. Is completion in yes. a certain amount of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Achievability yeah. there. I feel like that's why probably we like run, running a lot because it's very measurable, very measurable, extremely right. measurable. Yeah. Right. So, and there's so many different variables that go into the, that one measurement. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. So, and you know, like just to say a story, like I've always wanted to like own a rental property, right? That's mm-hmm. something I've wanted to do. And, that's always been a goal. Like every year I feel like I come up with it and I, I take steps, but then I just can't go through with it. And I think learning about this stuff has, has opened my eyes to why like it, what, what do you think you're missing? Which well, aspects? I don't think it's, it's a totally relevant relevance, right? Yeah. Um, achievability is, is challenging, right? But if it was so relevant to me, I would have, I would be so addicted and act on it. Right. What, what is, and, can I ask a question on relevance? Is it not adding is it not adding value or do you think it's removing value from your current life? Uh, I, w- I would say maybe the more positive side, or more, more positive side, like it's not, I can't see the added value of it right now. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if I convince myself through research and study that this is the way to go and it's so achievable, like it's so relevant, like you should do it. It's good financially. Then I would do it. But I haven't been able to convince myself, but I keep setting that as a goal. So shouldn't a goal just be something you're just supposed to act on that you're already are ready to do and you need to act on it? Cause then I'll just set myself up for failure. Like now I'm upset. Right. I don't have anything. Right. Does that make sense? Am I kind of talking in circles a little bit or no, I guess my point no, is don't set a sense. goal if it's not relevant. Right? right. And if it's not mm-hmm. something you're already like want to take a step, but you're just kind of scared to. Right. Um, like I'm not scared to buy a rental. I'm just, it's just not now no longer like something that haunts me or, or, or it never really haunted me every day or something. You, know what you I don't mean? think about it all the time, right? Doesn't yeah. Occupy the mind. Yeah. So I think that maybe at some point it will based on whatever life situation you're in and maybe you see the relevance in it. Maybe it'll prompt you to make it. A, a yeah, goal. exactly. Right. Yeah. So I just have to put my energy somewhere else until that comes up. Right. Right. Relevance. A lot, of re- a lot of relevance this podcast today. Yeah, so, I, I'm surprised at how much we've dove into it in a good way. Smart goals. Yeah, um, I think that's a good a good framework to discuss around. I was gonna say, did you guys say your goals? <laughs> we you, well, you just asked Ryan. That's yeah. true. Uh, well, I explained uh, a reason why. I one of mine in the past. So that was not. Which is good. Well, you you said you haven't set any goals yet this year, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think through it because I've always had fitness goals, um, like similar to you, like runs, where you know, Mm -hmm. not to be generic, but so I I definitely have some of that for time lapse and stuff. But it's, 
I'm trying to, I'm almost like having a goal to make a goal because I've always used to, life always used to be so measurable, right? GPA, mm-hmm. like goal, like um, <laughs> you could say salary, goal, like stuff like that. Like I feel like I've accomplished a lot of that. Um, so it's like, how do you set a goal? Another goal that's like measurable. And that for me is the hardest part right now because mm. I want to do so many different things. Um, like for example, like start a business. Like I've always wanted to start a business. I really want to keep thinking about it, but like, do I have an idea? I can't, I can't no, say, I, get that. I, I've I can't wanted, say yeah. I want to start a business yeah. this year because I'm, I'm not, it's not specific enough. It's not smart. It's not smart. Mm. I know. I did get myself, um, this journal to use. It's like a three month, um, I'm blanking on the word, what it's called, like inspirational journal, something like that. And I've been having a hard time with it, but it does basically want you to break down your goals and make them achievable in a sense. Like, so like starting a business, it's so vague. You don't even know where to start. Right. But if like you set a goal for this month is to brainstorm an idea and then maybe the next month it's to create a website. It's like, if you, if you break it down into smaller pieces, mm. it seems more achievable. You can hold yourself more accountable to it and then go after it. But when you just keep it as kind of like this vague task, it's super easy to keep pushing off. Um, and I, I heard this other framework that I've been trying to achieve too, but I'm always guilty of it. Like, it, you know, you always do the big rocks first, right? Like if you mm. think about a jar and you have rocks this, and yeah. sand, you know, if you put all the sand in first, all the quick little easy tasks, and then you try to put rocks in there, it's not going to fit, right? And so we're we're always wanting to do the sand first, that quick little wins, and not tackle the big rock problems. But ideally, you should be always doing the rocks first, and then the sand afterwards, and it fills in. Hmm. That's tackle I think, the rock. Got wow. two two shirts. That tackle the rock. Tackle that? the rock, and what was it? The big milk one we had. We had the big milk one. Drink wrong. Oh. oh, it was. Um, <laughs> No, we'll come up with it. Sorry, oh, continue. All right, keep going. Where's it? No. Um, no, I, I like uh, I like the filling up the jar and the size of the rocks and, and sand and all that. And I think that kind of just goes along with priority. One thing that I've focused on this year with my goals is just having one goal at a time. There are plenty of things mm. that I want to do and I'm actively working towards, but I'm only calling one of them a goal. The other things are just things that I want to do. So the goal is my biggest rock. And all these other things that I want to do, I'm not associating with uh, success and failure per se. Obviously, I want to achieve all them and make progress towards them, but never at the expense of my big rock. So Hmm. I'll say it on here because I'm I'm not, I guess I'm not, we've already talked about it. I'm not, you know, nervous about the um, external validation or anything. My, My goal right now that expires at the end of the month of the January is to run 100 miles during the month. That's the only goal. I have plenty of other things that I'm trying to do uh, to progress other areas of my life. I have things that I want to do with work. I have other things that I want to do um, with my personal life and with fitness even. Uh, another thing, I'm, I'm doing a dry January. I'm not considering that a goal per se. Um, hmm. and, and the way I'm thinking about that is that yes, there are things that I want to do in my work life to succeed and set me up for um, place, to, you know, to put me in a good position for for places that I want to be in that area of my life. But right now, my
my goal is to run that 100 miles. So if I need to run in the morning, I'm not going to do something extra for work that would help me towards that ends if I haven't already completed my run because that's my goal right now. So that's my that's my priority one. After that goal is done, maybe it's the work thing that takes priority. And then, hmm. you know, maybe I'm that's not going to maybe I'm not going to run one day because work is now my priority goal. Right. Yeah. But I think having that framework exactly the, the the visual of putting the rocks pebbles sand mm. in the jar i think that celine mentioned embodies it perfectly it's very sustainable put having your rock one, in one first big one having one big goal put your rock in first and i think that's where yeah. i failed a lot of times because when i was sitting down to think about what i wanted to accomplish in 2024 there's so many things in every area of my life podcasting even there's you know there's things that i'd like to do with this um but if you're trying to pursue too many things at one time, uh, you're you're ultimately going to make sac- yeah. you know you're going to sa- sacrifice all of them and maybe achieve none of them. Yeah. I have a question for you, Dom. Are you a runner? Yeah, I might be. I might be. I surely spent enough money yesterday at the running store to <laughs> to be able to justify it. Let's let's dig in onto that in the next podcast. Yeah, tell uh, us about the new shiny shoes, baby. <laughs> uh, they're green. And then the other pairs of orange. Are they really green? They are green, yeah. Oh, that's the color blind coming back to me. Oh, there it is. Oh, Oh, that's right. They're both gray, Ryan. (laughs) To me, me, I was like, ooh, a white. For for your purposes, they are both gray. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap things up. Uh, Just, you know, in summary, it sounds like we should be making SMART goals Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the acronym SMART. um, And uh, make sure to key in on your behavior change and realize that things that are more complex take more motivation and skill. Um, to in order to accomplish it and uh, work on that executive function brain. I, so. I think an excellent big rock goal for everybody in 2024 would be to listen to every episode of the Half and Half Club podcast. <laughs> wow. I mean, if uh, you're trying to change your life, where else would you go? With, you know? with a secondary, smaller, not goal, but thing you'd like to do of leaving us a five-star review. How many podcasts can talk about Paul Revere being a coward and goal setting at the same time in one episode. It's pretty crazy. One chunk. It's one bite side chunk for you. All right. Thanks everyone.